Hello, DFers. It's Alfie here. Welcome to the official Draft Fantasy Podcast. The international break is over, phew, which means we can get back down to real business. In part one of this week's show, we have a special guest in the shape of Ben who sits in for Sam whilst he has another holiday. And we will, of course, review game week eight, despite how long ago that seemed. Yes. Part two, Phil Dorks, our secret journalist and BBC's finest previews game week nine as well as some insight into the effects of the conte point change and part three more autobiographies and the ever popular feature who that man urger or player and part four is the game week eight fixtures okay let's roll the music the official draft fantasy podcast and it's live hello Welcome to the Draft Fantasy Podcast. I'm joined, listeners, by you and also by, it's a new voice, a new voice for the new generation. It's Mr. Ben Pierce. Hello, Ben. How are you? All right? All right, Alfie. Yeah, not too bad, thanks. You are, of course, filling in for Manners, who is on holiday in Amsterdam, no less. Well, it's been a few days. He, he was due one. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens with your commissioner. Right, okay, so... Uh, i tell you what, Ben, let's have a Game Week 8 roundup. It feels like a long time ago, doesn't it, before it, the international break? It feels bloody ages ago. Yeah, it does. Too long. But here's our Game Week 8 roundup. <laughs> Newcastle and Rafa come close to ending Jose's reign, but Pogba and co. prove they can be counted on Juan It Mattered. Brighton keep a first clean sheet of the season to beat West Ham. Burnley, Huddersfield draw. Shock horror. Liverpool City draw in a shocking horror show. Wolves win again. Spurs do enough to beat Cardiff, despite Harry Kane making a lot of fantasy managers unhappy by not scoring. Duh. Ross Barkley finally racks up some fantasy points as Chelsea executes Sparky Saints. Bournemouth give Watford a what for with four, and a Rambo-inspired Arsenal spank Fulham. Are they really in a title chase? Seven clean sheets this week. Brighton, Wolves, Spurs, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City. Assisting defenders, Sanchez, Monreal, Bearin, Young. Goal Kings, Josh King, Lacassette, Aubameyang, all with two. Goal-scoring defenders this week, making the list. Schindler, Ricardo, Doherty, penalty misses, Mares, and red cards. Wes Morgan again, Cabasaley and Joe Rules. So this week's top players, Ben. Callum Wilson, Bournemouth. Bournemouth's finest. Or Bamingyang and Doherty. And top players overall, Hazard, Alonso, Sterling, Wilson and... Aguero! Do some stats? Of course you do. Bloody love some. Uh, so Fulham are the only side in the Premier League yet to keep a clean sheet this season. Mares has scored only seven of 12 penalties taken in the Premier League. That's only like 58%. That is rubbish. That is rubbish, It really isn't is, it? isn't it? 60 million quid. It's ru- it is rubbish, oh isn't it? And uh, Jose Mourinho is the only manager in Manchester United's history with a win percentage above 60. That is unreal, isn't it? That, how do you love them stat apples? Well, how do I love them? I mean, it's like when you get stats about Roberto Martinez at Everton and you think, God, how is that possible to have all these great stats? I think I think stats, as we're learning week by week, stats do not relate to reality. Well, yeah, look at my team. I think that says it all. Yeah, I think I saw a stat the other day. Was it today? Um, oh, that's it. Andy Johnson used to play for Everton. Oh, what a legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, in his first two seasons... He had scored like double or something of what Firmino has scored in his first two seasons at Liverpool. 
But yeah. who'd you rather have? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. So, uh, Ben, you are in our league. You're in the GC House League, whatever our team name. You are bottom. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 chronic. We have to talk. I can't dodge it. I mean, you're a Bournemouth fan, so in reality terms, things are going well. Yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah, unbelievable, really. In fact, Bournemouth. I'd, ra- had... I'd rather it this way round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, of course you say that. Well, I say okay. that. I, I cry myself to sleep at night. But um, <laughs> apart from that, yeah, Bournemouth have had two four-nil away victories so far this season. Yeah, it's unreal. And then they get like hammered by Burnley and it's just really weird season. <laughs> but no, I mean, they're doing really, really well. Nathan Ake, my, my uh, star defender at the back, who, um, you know, plays brilliantly every week and gets about two DF points every week. But um, yeah. Well, he did all right this week, then he got six points. Let's look at your team then. Because you played Simon Moon and despite scoring a respectable 40 points, you lost by two points. Yeah, Monsoon Moon. He's he's <laughs> just so jammy. Is it, he's no, he's not. He's good. Uh, it's really <laughs> irritating. He's competitive, as we like to say. He's one of those that's always going to be in it and you have to pull something out of the bag maybe to beat him. But so, it looked like you did actually because your defence played really well. Like I said, Ake got six points. Ricardo scored. You got clean sheets for Ake, Rudiger and Cody. Yeah, really decent defensive performance. I was really pleased with that. And then I stupidly left Keiter on the bench for Liverpool because I'd been told that he was injured. And then, of course, you know, he, he played and he did all right. And those three points that he got, I don't think he even played more much more than a half. But he... Um, it would have tipped you over, you It would have tipped me over, yeah. That's really annoying. I'll tell you what would have tipped you over. If Harry Kane had scored against Cardiff. Yeah, and you think that that should definitely happen. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, just... just he's Well, he's just played too much football. He just looks knackered. He looks about I mean, 37 now, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, um, well, I mean... You know, we can't all look that good at this age. <laughs> no. Fantasy, fantasy, trap fantasy, 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 trap fantasy. Oh. Yeah, who else have you got in your team? Oh, look. See, look. I look at your teammate and I'm like, you should be doing better. I mean, you're miserably bottom as well. You're not just bottom. You're like, you've only won one game, haven't you? Yeah. You keep getting done. Yeah. And you've got De Gea, Rudiger, Ake, Philippe Anderson, Keita, Jorginho, Shaka, Fabinho. Hang on a minute. Hang on, I sense the problem here. A lot of defensive midfielders in your team. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually really clock the effects <laughs> of the Kante point changes in our league. I genuinely didn't. That's actually been uh, a massive, massive change. And actually, we're going to, me and Dorks are going to talk about that later on in the show. Good, good. <laughs> well, we'll take Fabinho as well for me. You know, mm. he, he was starting for Monaco every week, starting for Brazil. He took penalties for Monaco. Liverpool shell out over 40 million quid on him. He was a nailed on starter for me. There was no way he was going to get in the team ahead of Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was takes penalties and free kicks. And he was going to get, you know, even though they're ten a penny these days and don't count for anything, he was going to get Kante points and recoveries and all the rest of it. So I just thought that is a surefire sort of six, seven points a week. And he's got a fat total of zero. Yeah, and, I was um, going to say, do you know how many Premier League minutes he's played this season? About three. Zero. It's actually zero. It's actually zero. So now I'm left with this quandary that I probably picked him way too high a pick and I can't get rid of him. You can't I, get rid of him now. You've I'll got to, to stick with him. him. Well, I have. Yeah, I'll have to swap him for like a Cardiff defender. <laughs> yeah, and do you know how many, because you got De Gea in goal, how many clean sheets has De Gea kept this season? Well, that was a bad pick for a start. But, um, yeah, I think he's probably got about one. He has got one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Man United. I mean, I just thought, Jose's going to play boring football, 
but they'll never concede. And what have they done? Played boring football and conceded shitloads. Well, I, I differ. I'd say it's been very exciting to watch, especially that Newcastle game. But I've got two Man United defenders. Look, they're going to turn a corner, mate. They will. They conceded the second fewest goals last season. So you had Man City, then you had Man United. Yeah. 18 clean sheets they kept. Well, even Alexis Sanchez recently scored. So there is, you know, there is hope for everyone. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> So here we are, part two. Do you know what, Ben? Do you know what we should do right now? What's that? We should pick up the phone and speak to our secret journalist, Phil Dorks. Who is he? Did you not? Oh, just... And if you're really lucky, I'll ask him about his gerbils. I like it. Okay, let's go to our secret journalist. The secret journalist. The secret journalist. Shh, it's a bloody secret. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Phil Dorks, how are you? I'm, I'm all right. You've gone early there, mate. You've what gone you really mean? We're going to win the World Cup. I'm... We're going to win 2022, mate. It's so easy. We beat Spain. That's it. Job done. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know it's uh, a long time ago, but we had a game yeah. week. It was called Game Week yeah. 8, yeah. I believe. And uh, how do you... On? So you uh, you won, didn't you? You edged past Tristan. I did, yeah. Just just edged past Tris, yeah. He obviously yeah. is over-reliant on Salah. But So if you can have a game week against Salah and he doesn't perform, it's like you've done all right, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. You feel like you've got away with one a little bit. Um I mean, he's he got. Um, there's going to be a few people who are going to feel like because he got injured, didn't he, in International Week, Salah? Mm. So he, uh, there could be a few people coming up against Tris without Salah and feeling like they might have a chance here. Uh, so you got Doherty doing the business for you again, a goal and clean sheet. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, he's been a, a fantastic pickup as Matt Doherty. Yeah, he's been brilliant. Now, yeah, I mean, he's any kind of defender you can get who, who plays as advanced as he does. And I know that you mock me for my Wolves loving, but... I was merely, I was merely <laughs> suggesting that you love them. And you do. I mean, even to the point where I looked at the Spain lineup and they jo- uh, Johnny was playing it, I know, and I thought, have you been yeah. involved in that? What's going on there? No, they're just... They're recognising something that I, as a professional journalist, obviously recognised <laughs> uh, recognised previously that, that Wolves are, are worth getting involved in. Conte points. Do you want to talk about yeah. Conte points? Yeah, let's do that. Big change. Big, uh, it's affected the league in a big way, isn't it? change yeah well it's it's an interesting one because i think the the shift i mean granted i'm saying all this knowing that not every league plays with contact points and so if you didn't play with it last season then and and not with this then you, you will not notice anything different right you know it's just about goals and assists and clean sheets you know you play the traditional start of fantasy football but if you played with contact points then you're opening yourself up to treating fantasy football as something a bit more sophisticated. Now, you could argue over whether, say, like recoveries, which have now been removed, whether that is a a particularly effective way of judging a player. Because it's, I mean, it doesn't strike me, a recovery, granted, even if you you can try and actually figure out in your head what it is. But it doesn't necessarily represent a skill as a footballer. I think it's just an efficient way of, of allowing players who ordinarily wouldn't score points to amass something and be worth something in the game. But mm. 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, I, I like it. I, I'm not saying I, I necessarily like recoveries, but I do like the effort of, of, of any kind of fantasy football game to try and um, try and include more players who could contribute to an actual game of football than just the ones who score goals and create them. Oh, right, okay, yeah. I've noticed that transfers are, have dried up a little bit because of the lack of Conte points going around. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that is a knock-on effect because less players are worth having in the game. I mean, I, I was looking, I was looking at that a little list, right? particularly when you consider some of the players last season that were worth having. Like uh, a Dale Stevens was worth having last season, yes. and yeah, and me, me and you, we we were <laughs> we, we passed Dale Stevens back between us repeatedly over the season, and, and loved him because he picked up points. And it's the same like someone like Aaron Moy as well was worth having, uh, and indeed he was worth having. Decore was definitely worth having because he scored oh, yeah. goals, got loads of uh, of recoveries as well, but. The, the, those kind of players and some of them are still worth having around but they're just not as valuable as they once were so the idea of letting someone go who might score goals for someone who is probably going to get three points max most games maybe four if you're lucky and they get into like four or eight was it about is it eight, eight tackles in interceptions you have to make I mean it's every three in it so it's, it's every, so, yeah. every three in, um, interceptions or ta- and or tackles yeah but at least with recoveries, you had a chance that some of those players might get five or six. Yeah. Well, I picked up um, Gay, didn't I? Interested Gay. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he, a couple of weeks, he got six points in total because he got four Conte points, which I don't know what he was doing. He must have been doing extra tackles in his spare time after the game or something. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and he hasn't he obviously hasn't performed since I've done that. Well, so. It's interesting. Like Gay, Gay is one of them. Like I, I had a little look and tried to figure out judging on the amount of recoveries that players have made this season, I'd look at some of the stats for recoveries and so, and try to figure out how much some of these players would have this season if recovery still existed in the game. And Gay's quite... I mean, Gay would have 10 extra points as a player in the game, yeah. bumping up to like 38 points, which would make him worth having, you know, because I think his, his Hazard is obviously way ahead now. He's got 60-odd points. But the rest of the players, I think, are in the sort of 40s. So anyone with sort of late 30s, early 40s points will be worth having in the in the game at the moment. Hoiberg, for example, he's got 27 points this in the game so far. If you put recoveries in it for what he's done this season, he'd have 41. Mm. So it'd be well worth having. You know, suddenly he becomes a viable option. Well, it's the teams that are under the cosh, uh, that those players, because they're um, directly involved in protecting their goal and they're directly involved in tackling and stuff they, they'll get a hell of a lot more points yeah. suddenly they become valuable the lesser teams become valuable I tell you what James Stott wants to know oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah I'm doing yeah yeah this oh, is wait, happening we had reader contributions <laughs> I mean I could be making it up but this is a real person uh-huh. okay, um, okay. he'd be interested to hear your thoughts on uh, the Conte points being re-added for defenders but with a higher threshold so for example he put like six tackles plus six interceptions yeah what do you reckon yeah, I, I, I think I don't think it's a bad thing because I'll tell you what, it's funny that he says that because I got a little bit confused early in the season because I assumed in the first couple of weeks the defenders did get concept points and then it was only when I it was only when I read the rules in more detail which I'd scandalously neglected before joining draft fantasy football um, that that I realised that defenders didn't get uh, concept points and and I, I 
seemed a bit perverse to me. Now I understand that defenders can get clean sheet points, which is which is a viable way of rewarding them for what they do. But I think recoveries should count. It shouldn't just be midfielders and forwards that get that sorry that get tackling interception points. And surely defenders as a as an art form, the tackling and the interception for a defender is, is worthwhile rewarding. Because that's their thing, isn't it? But yeah. I think you're right. I think, I think a higher threshold will probably be the right way to go about it. I mean, obviously, the, the, the easier way to deal with this is if is just to customise your league. Well, yeah, and, and, and we, we, <laughs> we were a bit lax on that front, even though it was brought up, I, I believe. But I think we were all too involved. We were all too, like, kind of excited about getting drunk and, and kind of like taking the mickey out of each other to bother getting involved in any of that stuff during draft day. Too busy enjoying ourselves, Phil. Exactly, yeah. I mean, God damn it, us having fun instead of sitting down and getting getting involved in the uh, paperwork of a draft fantasy league. So you got any game week predictions this week then? Yeah, yeah, I've got three more of them. For you. I've, got uh, some, I've got some, I've got some. Have you? <laughs> no, well, not really. But you, you do yours oh, first. Oh, right, okay. Um, well, I, I in, in now in what is now becoming a time-honored tradition, I've just picked the first three games instead of coming with any kind of science to it. So Chelsea, Man United. I'm gonna go for two-one Chelsea. Um, okay. I'm not. I'm not. I think uh, Chelsea have got pretty. I've got. If I remember rightly, Man United have only won once at Chelsea in about the last 16 attempts, something like that. They, they don't get results there usually. And I suspect, having seen Chelsea a little bit uh, in the last few weeks prior to the international break, they're starting to look very, very efficient. And so I think they'll have too much for Man United. Yeah, good shout. Although I will suggest it's going to be nil-nil. Oh, OK. Yeah, that, that, that might work. Because that's might how work. football works, isn't it? Man United, Man United can't keep clean sheets. Chelsea look good, so it's nil nil. Yeah, well, yeah. In in your yeah perverse logic, that would suggest yeah, you're probably right. Uh, next one, I've gone Bournemouth, Southampton. A uh, bit of a derby down there on the south coast. It's tight, uh, right? Tight. It's going to be tight. No, I'm going three nil Bournemouth. Oh, you. Oh, okay. Okay, fine. I'm going to suggest, and and this is not a this is not in any way a bold prediction, but I won't be surprised if Mark Hughes is out of a job in the next month. Do you know what? You're absolutely right. That is not a bold prediction at all. It's not bold at all. And I, I'm sure that he's probably top of all the bookies' lists of managers to lose their job next in the Premier League. But yeah, I, 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 don't, think he's, I don't think he's got it going at all there. Something's, something's not right at Southampton. Go on, the final, final fixture. Final one, uh, Cardiff-Fulham. <laughs> it's um, funny, yeah, go on. <laughs> Sorry, I've, gonna... I've, I've, put, I've pulled this one. I've flagged oh, this yeah, one up. Listen, I'm going to go for one all draw. In that. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, go on then. I'm going five nil Cardiff. No, I'm not well, joking. I, 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 I suspect. I mean, I, I ummed an hard over this because I think that's a game that could genuinely go either way because it's one mm. of those ones that both teams know they need to win. Really, um, Cardiff. I, I, I was swaying ever so slightly more towards a Cardiff win because I thought Warnock will shit house this. Yeah. And he'll he'll figure out a way to kind of you know bully Fulham. They'll some big like Sol Bamber will come up in like the 80th minute and nod one in and win it for him or something ridiculous like that. But no, I just thought I'll go one one and and they'll just they'll kick lumps out of each other and Fulham will try to play football. Cardiff won and it'll end in a draw. Yeah, well, I, it's funny. I think that game that fixture looks really tasty actually. I really want to watch yeah. that one in a weird sordid way. I would say I would go with what you said earlier. I mean, I'd go with a one nil Cardiff win. 
Yeah, well, they're going to win at some point, mate. They're going to win at some point. It happens, yeah, yeah, and, and and that's that's the kind of game where Warnock will have said to it, "Hey, look, lads, they, 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 this is our this is our time now. This is our time." And, and the he'll, soft he'll cop bastards and stuff like yeah, that. Exactly. He'll he'll proper um, he'll proper shit house it. He'll he'll make it really really difficult for Fulham. There's a lot of interesting fixtures actually, where there could be loads of points going on. You've got Newcastle yeah. at home to Brighton. I mean, Newcastle will obviously try and keep that tight, so there could be a clean sheet thing there. And uh, yeah. get a couple of goals, maybe. Obviously, you've got Everton and Crystal Palace. Wow. I mean, yeah. that's either going to be nil nil or four three, isn't it? I don't know. I, I could see Everton Palace being a being a high scoring game. Um, I saying that Everton are actually. I, I think they're they're not doing too bad in terms of in terms of keeping keeping scores low against them. I think that defensively they've been they've been reasonably decent. Even though I think he probably still doesn't know what his best back four is. But I can see. Palace, even though I mean they they've got like attacking problems as well, haven't they? Palace to some extent, but Zaha's always always a threat. They're always likely to score a goal here and there, and Everton have definitely got goals in them. Fancy Zaha against the Everton defence, that's for sure. Yeah. On the break, yeah, take yeah. some of that. I'll have a, a, a Milivojevic penalty as well, please. <laughs> well, he's another one, isn't he? Who fits into your Kante points? Yeah. Uh, Thing you know, I was having a look at, like, trying to think of all the defensive midfielders that are still worth having in the game, and he's definitely one of them that's still worth having because you you know a penalty will come up. Well, eventually, he goes on goal scoring runs. That's what's good about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like someone like uh, someone like Neves is probably worth, that, that was my surprise when when you let him go because I think he's worth having because he creates chances. He doesn't he don't he has a lot of shots, most of them from outside the box, so he doesn't necessarily you know, going to be the highest goal scoring midfielder in the league, but he creates chances as well. And You can't have too many of those players like that in your team, otherwise you turn out like Ben and you're bottom of the league. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I think maybe one, maybe two maximum, especially if you're going to, if you're going to mess about with your formation a little bit and have six midfielders, then you can probably squeeze two of them in. Right, that's it then, mate. Thanks again for a wonderful bit of input. No and uh, like I said, good luck and uh, good luck with the gerbils, man. Hope yeah, it goes well. well. Yeah, I mean, next time I talk to you, I might have a, I might have my my like sort of funeral suit on. Could be, could be dark times for, for one of the. Uh, pods. Interesting enough, would you just replace it straight away, or is there a grieving period? No, I, I, I don't think there's going to be any replacement policy going on with the gerbils. We've got two cats now, so we've kind of, you know, that kind of slightly upgraded on the pets from. <laughs> On the so, size, yeah, and, cat, and cats are cats are like I mean they're bastards, but they're they're better value than gerbils are if you know what I mean in terms of a pet and you know what they actually provide to the house. But um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll be replacing the gerbils once they're gone. They're gone, and then we'll be. Uh, if you see me trying to shift any like kind of gerbil tanks and paraphernalia on Gumtree at any point in the near future, then you'll know what's happened. Well, maybe uh, if it does happen, we can. Put it on, offer it as a prize on the on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Maybe like, um, yeah, like maybe like the kind of team with the fewest points of, of anyone in the entire DF gets my dead gerbil sent him through the post. <laughs> Thanks again, then Phil. We'll speak to you soon, mate. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon, mate. Bye. journalist wow secret journalist welcome to part three everyone that was our secret journalist Mill dogs uh i hope you got as much from that as we did did you get a lot from that ben 
Yeah, I love Chris Dawkes. He's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> ITV's <laughs> finest. That's uh, good. Is this our little jokey joke? Uh, I'll tell you what we should do now. Oh, Ben. What? Do you want a stat? I bloody do, yeah. Give it. Here we go, then. This is your stat attack. Eden Hazard's five Premier League goals during September was more than eight clubs managed as a team during the month in the competition. That's also his best ever tally of goals in a single month of Premier League action. Wow. He's come good, hasn't he? He really has. Yeah, we said that. <coughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, maybe cut we cut one of them out. Yeah, maybe we haven't said that. I think I've just said it twice. Hey, do you want another stat? Because I've, I've, so, I've got loads. Bring it. Let's have it. Since joining Manchester City in January... 2018, Americ Laporte has not lost a Premier League game. Blimey. You as him. You. Me! Hey, do you know what we should do now? What? It's part three, so we should do Who Dat Man, a Jotel Player. Yes. Who Dat Man, a Okay, here we are. Who that man, a jewel player? For those who don't know, this is the uh, feature that perhaps only I love, but other people, one or two, like it as well. So we're keeping it in. And it's, it's brilliant. It, yeah, well, that, thank you, Ben. That's very kind of you to say so. Now, Manners isn't here, obviously, and he normally reads them out. Because you're our guest, Ben, I'm going to read to you the extract of autobiographies of an ex-player or ex-manager, and you have to guess who it is. Nice. You know the rules, don't you? You've heard it. I've, I'm, I've dabbled. I've lived in North Wales all my life, but I'm English by birth and by blood, though there is a Scottish branch to my dad's family tree. There was never a possibility that I would end up playing for the country I'm happy to call home. I love the area around Harden, where I grew up. It's near Mould in Flintshire, only a few miles from the border with England. But it, it's a fact that my birth took place in England, in the Countess of Chester Hospital. My other two siblings were born in Liverpool and Bradford. So all the children are English. Though our roots have been put down outside the land, I represent on the football pitch. So Ben, he's not Welsh, all right? He's trying to tell you he's not Welsh. Did you get that from there? I, I, well, just about. But um, he goes on a bit, doesn't he? Bloody he does. Hell. Yeah. Well, here we go. He, he like that. You want some more? Can't wait. It sounds funny now, but every Thursday he'd give me a massive stake to build me up. Just to be strong. Just to be a footballer. He used to joke about me paying him back one day. While he was serving the steak, I joined the banter by saying, Dad, for everything you do to me, I'm going to get you a Mercedes one day. <laughs> I got him a Jaguar instead. Oh, cheapskate. Mm. He did everything in his power to put me on the right track to become a footballer without actually saying with that what was that. <laughs> he did everything in his power to put me on the right track to become a footballer without actually saying that that was what he was doing. Don't know what that was. It was all about actions. My parents' work schedules were built around my games. And so we're getting the we're getting the sense now. Okay, he's not Welsh, and he's generous. Yeah, he's generous. Any ideas yet? Oh, it's a tricky one. 
I mean, I initially, until he said the words not Welsh, I was like, it's got to be John Hartson. But now I'm like, absolutely no. Is John Hartson as gen- generous as this man buying his dad a Jaguar? I don't know. It's hard to it's hard say. Hard to tell, hard yeah. to tell, isn't it? All right, let's have some more then. I wasn't a naughty kid, but if it was Halloween, say, I might be tempted to throw an egg at a window like any other mischievous young boy. <laughs> I got up to my own tricks. If there was a weaker boy, I might take it away his ball. It's embarrassing to remember that now. Of course, I stepped out of line many times as a child. If I smashed a window with a football, I might run off without owning up to it, <laughs> and the owner would come knocking on the door. In the neighbourhood... I was known as the footballer. So unfortunately, it was always obvious that I was the culprit. The footballer. You got that, Ben? I am the footballer. Who are you? The footballer. Uh, yeah. Now. You're not meant to guess straight away. <laughs> I have to give you, you have to ask whether you can guess. All right. Uh, can I have a guess? Uh, not yet. All right. There's a funny story attached to my second proper association with a local club side. After Mould Alexander, I moved on to Hawarden Rangers and scored about 116 goals in 40 games in their colours. We won everything. When the club's annual awards came round, I was desperate to be player of the year, as all young boys are. I, I just knew I was head and shoulders above the other lads in the team. But the winner was our goalkeeper. We were winning 10-0 virtually every week, and our keeper, who was two years younger than everyone else, had barely made a save all season. It wouldn't bother me now if someone got player of the year ahead of me, but when you're 12, it, it really hurts. It's life and death. You wait all week for Saturday to come. Dad was livid. You're not playing for them again, he told me. The following season, I was going to confine myself to the county team, though I was also by that time playing the Liverpool youth games at the weekend. However, the manager of St David's Park, another local side, was especially persistent and promised Dad that if I joined them, I wouldn't be asked to play too many times. Just let him play in like four or five, he pleaded. Oh, go on then, Dad replied. St David's were about to play Hawarden Rangers and the manager came to ask me to play against my old club, the one that had deprived me of the Player of the Year award. I wanted to spite them so much that I agreed to make myself available. We beat them 4-3 and I scored all four of our goals. There were rumours that the Hawarden manager was going to report the St David's manager for tapping me up, though it never came to much. You can imagine the feeling of smugness as Dad and I walk back to our car. Brutal. <laughs> I think what's missing there is, and needless to say, yeah. I had the last laugh. 15 times. <laughs> He's, does he sound a bit petty? Yeah, and I think that might have carried through to some later moments his in his career. Life. Yeah, a, a famous video, perhaps. He's obviously very, very... Oh, yes. Uh, I think you, I know who you know who it is now. Do you want to have a guess? Yeah, I'd like to have a guess. Go on, have a guess then. It's Mickey Owen. Michael Owen! <coughs> yes. Congratulations, Ben. Yeah, he's obviously a competitive fellow. 
Yeah, yeah, and obviously that's part of his game, and that's good. But then there's that there's that moment where uh, it's a YouTube video, isn't it? And he smashes a goal in against a little kid, and is so friggin' pleased with himself. It's brilliant. I think it's him and Neville Southall, and they've got a 15 year old kid, and they're meant to be teaching him stuff. But the kid goes in goals, and he just smashes like shots at him, doesn't he? Yeah, Passes goal after goal against and him. celebrates. And you see the kid's completely crestfallen and then Neville Southall has a go at him. Yeah, I'll be honest, it's brilliant. And I think it's like the ultimate uh, competitive dad moment, isn't it? Yeah, but like, it's weird because Owen was a competitive dad when he was four. Get in there! Well done, he's 13. Game, set and match, Owen. Um, Do you you know where you can get get this? (laughs) It's called... I don't know what the book's called. I have no idea what the book's called. It's Michael Owen's book. Just call it that. Yeah. Go in the shop... W.H. Smith, twelve ninety nine. <laughs> go in the shop, you say, I have Michael Owen's autobiography, please. That sounds like Michael Caine's autobiography. My, oh, I want Michael, Michael Owen's autobiography. Autobiography. But when he was only 16. <laughs> All right? <laughs> that is, what's going on? I better go and have a check if that's all right. Go and have a check. There's a fire alarm. It's a fire alarm. It's the Michael Owen alarm. Yeah, that was uh, Who That Man, a draw player. This is part four. Now, as you may have heard, we had a bit of a uh, a fire alarm situation. So we didn't. We had to abruptly end the show. So you're left just with me now. So uh, wait, I'm going to do part four on my own. And part four, basically, is just the fixtures. So let me read out the fixtures for you. This is, of course, uh, game week nine. Saturday, 20th of October, Chelsea against Man United. That's the early kickoff, 12.30. Bournemouth against Southampton, Cardiff against Fulham, Man City against Burnley, Newcastle against Brighton, West Ham against Tottenham, Wolves against Watford, Huddersfield Town against Liverpool. That's the 5.30 kickoff on the Saturday. Yay! Saturday, the 21st of October, we have Everton against Crystal Palace. And Monday, Monday, the 22nd of October, that's MNF, Monday Night Football. Arsenal against Leicester. And that about concludes our business. Uh, yes, so thanks for Ben for filling in for Manners, who's in lording it up somewhere. And of course, Phil Dorks for calling in with his wonderful expert opinions. Uh, we will be back in two weeks' time. If you want, of course, some tips for this game week, Game Week 9, good luck to everyone. Um, I would suggest maybe you look at the smaller fixtures, your Newcastles, your Cardiffs, and of course, Liverpool playing Huddersfield, but will they play their full-strength side? Will there be rotation? Could Daniel Sturridge come back to the side? You never know. And is it Stanislas or is it Fraser? That's what you got to ask yourself. Uh, good. So in the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other. If you do want to get in touch, it's at Draft Fantasy Pod on Twitter. And, um, you know, deal with all sorts of questions. So thanks very much again. See you all. Bye. Bye.